Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He's a Virginia Tech grad and Notre Dame fan. Mike, how are you doing, sir? Welcome to week eight. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hopefully I haven't already triggered Miami fans. We're uh, <laughs> about 40 seconds into the podcast, so well, hopefully no fans are triggered yet, but it's coming. <laughs> Trust me, it's coming based on what I've seen today anyway. Mike, I don't know if you've checked the uh, the depth chart recently, but I think Miami's still missing their right guard going into this week. So, uh, you know, we'll see if the offense is still able to survive or not. We got Yeah, we got to make sure we bring that up because I didn't realize that was a big topic of conversation. But, yeah, Miami's missing their right guard, and Travis Homer still ran for 170 yards. So maybe we should, uh, maybe we should make sure we key in on that this week. And, you know, hopefully they have some more depth there at right guard. I was really concerned about that going into the Georgia Tech game. So we'll see. We'll see what happens now moving forward. Yeah, for the so for for what it's worth, this is a little bit of an inside joke between Mike and I, who have been um, having discussions with Miami fans following our Week Seven recap episode. Um, the The discussions have been um, arguments, we'll say, um, in terms of what's important and how the game actually went and all that. But you know what, Mike, we're past that. I'm in my happy place. We're good. I, I have come to peace with, you know, Georgia Tech football. I've got a pumpkin beer. We're good. Let's talk about week eight. There we go. Let's move on. Week eight. Here we go. <laughs> I'm ready to move on if you are. Uh, week eight. Week eight kind of lacks the star power, I think, of any week in the ACC. Um, I think it, going into the season, there was one real big headliner game that we're going to start with, but I think that really this lost its luster a lot uh, with really both teams involved. So let's just start there, Mike. Uh, at noon on ESPN, coming right off a of college game day, just like they did last year, the unranked Louisville Cardinals uh, are on the road in Tallahassee against the unranked Florida State Seminoles. The Knolls, a seven and a half point favorite right now. This is a game that coming into the season we talked about could be like a, an Atlantic division changing game. And at this point, it's two teams that have kind of looked varying degrees of bad and, and are, are trying to get things turned around as best as they can. And I, I, I mean, at this point, we haven't seen a really great sign from either that they're going to really turn it around anytime soon. Um, maybe most importantly, this is an enormous revenge game for Florida State. Uh, you'll remember that last year coming off college game day in Louisville, uh, this is where Lamar Jackson ran for like six touchdowns and, and they just absolutely ran away with the game, like a 63 to 20 win, I think. Uh, so Florida State got really embarrassed in that game and, and I think are probably looking to make a statement here and kind of get revenge on the Cardinals, as it were. Mike, I, I have questions as to whether they can get it done. What are your opinions on, on who's going to look better in this game and how this thing will turn out? Uh, this screams get-right game for Florida State. The reason why, like you alluded to, is that Florida State's looking for revenge here. Um, they went into Louisville last year, gave up 60-plus points to the Cardinals, got absolutely walloped on national TV. Um, this is a different season, a different team, and it's a different team for Louisville as well. They still have Lamar Jackson, but the playmakers on the outside have been lacking to a degree. Um, offensive line continues to struggle and the defense is only getting worse and that's kind of the status of Louisville right now it's Lamar Jackson and then everybody else even more so than it was before uh, Florida State 
it's, you know, continue to try to break in James Blackman, continue to try to run the ball, and hopefully some more playmakers develop on the outside so that James Blackman has a little bit or shows a little bit more progress in the passing game this week. Um, defensively, I, I think Florida State has the best unit out of the two teams. That's kind of a no-brainer there. I, I think Florida State's defense is actually the best unit on the field the entire game. Uh, is it you know, fair, Mike, is it fair to say that Florida State's probably the best team in Florida in the ACC right now? <laughs> oh, man. Let, let's continue triggering Miami fans. Yeah, they have the most talent. I'd say that. They definitely have the most talent. Uh are they the best team in Florida? Uh, no, they're they're a small step behind Miami. But if this was like two weeks ago and the game went a little bit differently, I could go all up into Florida State's uh, or all up into Miami's mentions there. Uh, anyway, uh, the Seminoles are seven and a half point favorites in this football game. They're playing this thing at home. I think that does make a difference. Uh, I think the Florida State defense is going to eat the Louisville offensive line alive, and I think they're going to force Lamar Jackson to win the game by himself. Uh, will he be able to do it against Florida State's defense? I don't think he will. Uh, I like Florida State to win this game. They're a seven and a half point favorite. That sounds about right to me because the Florida State offense has been such a struggle um, since they've lost DeAndre Francois and the offensive line hasn't been any good. So seven and a half sounds about right. I think this will be a close, hard-fought game, but I'll take Florida State at home with their defense to win the football game. I, I, I'm i with you. I think that Florida State should get right here. Louisville is kind of one of these teams that's almost getting worse throughout the year. Um, we talked about feeling bad for Lamar Jackson. For what it's worth, Mike, this this could set up really poorly for Florida State if they score, like, 24 points in this game and they have to be you know a a follow-up one week after Louisville gave up 45 to Boston College like from a talent perspective that means Florida State should score like 70 points in this game but realistically with what their offenses looked like I don't know if they can now I think that Louisville's defense is not nearly good enough to make them look real bad on offense the way that they have you know against NC State against Miami at times etc I I have not I don't know that Florida State has covered the spread yet, and I think they're a large culprit of my two and six pick of the week record this year. But I, I'm going to take Florida State to cover here. I, I I can't quit Florida State. I don't know why, Mike. They they are not deserving of my faith at this point, and yet Louisville certainly is not. So I think give me Florida State to cover at home. Um, and I think you said you're taking the same. Uh. I didn't make an official project prediction on that, did I? Um, I'll take Florida State to cover barely. And as far as you not being able to quit Florida State, I mean, they are the, your favorite team in Florida. So I guess I understand that. This is a good point. Um, gosh, man, they, seven and a half is not many points, but Florida State has not really beaten the pants off of anybody at all. They've barely beaten anybody at all to begin with. Lamar Jackson by himself... I mean, he he was dominant last year against a very beat-up Florida State defense. They were missing Derwin James. I believe they were missing Josh Sweat. You know, they were missing a bunch of guys for that game in particular that kind of changed the optics of it a little bit. You know, it looked like they were just torching a, a great Florida State defense, but in reality they were pretty undermanned at that point in the season. But so I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe 
Lamar Jackson and Louisville are able to score just enough and Florida State's offense continues to make some mistakes and have issues of their own. And I, it is, it is, I just cannot, I don't know. I mean, it's totally believable that Louisville could cover and even win this game outright if they just, you know, get a couple of cheap touchdowns and Florida State's offense has some problems. But you know what, Mike, we're rolling on this one together. Florida State covers, if only to piss off the Miami fans listening to us. That's why I like to hear. Let's move on. Uh, 7.30 p.m. on ESPNU. I'll be at this game, Mike. The Wake Forest Demon Deacons in Atlanta on the road against my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, who are an eight-point favorite. It's homecoming on the flats, Mike. Georgia Tech looking to bounce back after uh, that near miss last weekend in Miami. Georgia Tech, interesting note here. I think even in the loss last week, that was, I want to say, their ninth straight game covering the spread. Um, which is an interesting trend. Now, all good things like that come to an end at some point. I'm a little intimidated by this line being outside of a touchdown. Um, I like Georgia Tech to win this game. They have not, they've only lost the homecoming game under Paul Johnson, I believe, once, and that was to BYU in 2012. The only game of my college career that I did not make it to, um, thanks to some pregame tailgating, we'll say, um, that went a little too far. But uh, in other words, you know, this is homecoming game number 10. They're 8-1 and one in the homecoming game so far. I think Georgia Tech wins here outright, but I think it's a little closer than 8. So I think the streak is broken. I think Wake Forest covers here. But give me Georgia Tech to win a, a bit of a bounce-back close game in front of a crowd that's going to be desperate for some good news here this weekend. I actually like Georgia Tech to win this game and cover. Um, I understand why you're a little bit nervous about it being outside of a touchdown sitting there at 8 points. Uh, but, you know, given what I've seen now at Georgia Tech, I mean, they played Miami tough last week, a game that, you know, was back and forth and, um, you know, got a little crazy at the end. Uh, you know, Miami's a much, much better team than Wake Forest. I mean, Wake Forest, to their credit, they've played pretty well, but I, I just think Miami is a better team across the board than Wake Forest is. Uh, Georgia Tech had Miami down two touchdowns for a majority of the first half last week. Uh, I think if Georgia Tech jumps out to a two-touchdown lead early in this one against Wake Forest, I don't think Wake Forest is coming back with their offense. Uh, to John Wolford's credit, he's played well. He's a little banged up right now. Um, they're coming off a bye week, so maybe he gets, you know, maybe he's a little bit healthier heading into this game. And Wake Forest is going to need him to be healthy in this game because I think Georgia Tech will do a better job keying on Kendall Hinton than they would John Wolford. Wolford provides a little bit more of a threat through the air than Hinton does. Uh, Kendall Hinton's a little bit more of a one-trick pony at the quarterback position. He's certainly athletic and a guy who can beat you with his feet, but with his arm, it's a little bit more questionable. I think if John Wolford's healthy and he's able to throw the football and um, give Wake Forest more of a legitimate threat through the air, I think that they'll have a better chance at this football game on the road. But given the Georgia Techs at home, they're coming off of an emotional defeat, a game in which I know the team feels like they should have won. I think Georgia Tech comes out, plays inspired football in this game, and I think they roll Wake Forest here. I think Wake Forest defense, uh, I think they're solid. I think they'll try to keep this thing close, but I think the second half, Georgia Tech, that Paul Johnson offense, I think they pull away in the second half and win this thing pretty comfortably. So here's a question, Mike. So first of all, as you mentioned, Wake Forest, yes, getting John Wolford back. They're coming back after a bye week. There is um, there's a lot to like about Wake Forest coming into this game trend-wise. Here's a question, though, is is Georgia Tech the best offense that Wake Forest has played so far? 
So Wake Forest defense ranks a little better than Miami's did last week, but here's the list of teams that Wake Forest has played in route to being 4-2 and two thus far. Presbyterian at Boston College, Utah State at App State, Florida State at Clemson. Maybe Clemson has a better offense than Georgia Tech does at this point, but in general, the Jackets might have the best offense so far, and that's you know uh, certainly a more efficient, you know, consistent run game I think than Clemson has at least. I mean, is that like S and P Plus puts Clemson number thirty offensively, puts Georgia Tech thirty third. Um, I I think Georgia Tech might be the best offense that, that Wake Forest has played so far, all all things considered. I think from an efficiency standpoint, you're probably right. Uh, the thing about Clemson is they've been such a roller coaster on offense this year. It's like, what are we going to get? Are we going to get a good Kelly Bryant game? Are they going to run the ball really well and not lean on Bryant's feet as much? Um, and when I say run the ball really well, are they going to rely on their running game with their backs like Travis Etienne and, and C.J. Fuller, um, Tavian Feaster? Like, are they going to rely on those guys in the running game and take a little bit of the onus and the pressure off of Kelly Bryant? That, that's the real unknown with Clemson. They've been so up and down. Plus, Kelly Bryant has been healthy. I mean, he's gotten a little banged up here over the last few weeks, and I think that has also played a role. So, uh, yeah, I think it's safe to say that Georgia Tech is probably the most efficient offense uh, that Wake Forest has played against. Um, Clemson, I think, provides a little bit more of a threat through the air, that's for sure. But Georgia Tech certainly has the better rushing attack. Um, you know, they can hit you with three or four different backs who may not have the top-end speed and talent that Clemson's backs do, but I think that the Georgia Tech running game as a whole is better than Clemson's, at least at this point in time. So, yeah, I think it's a fair statement to say that Georgia Tech is one of the toughest offenses that Wake Forest has faced, um, but I think due to the threat that Clemson provides through the air, um, I think Clemson's offense probably gives you a little more room to pause than Georgia Tech's does, but Georgia Tech is so good on the ground that, you know, maybe it's a wash in the end. It's so close. I mean, you referenced the S&P numbers, so, uh, you know, 30th versus 33rd. I mean, regardless, you're going to be playing a very good offense in this football game, and Wake Forest has to be ready, and they've had a pretty good run defense so far this year, but they're going to have to be extremely cognizant of all the different reads that, you know, Georgia Tech can pull and, and Taquan Marshall can pull, you know, out of the different sets that Georgia Tech runs because they can throw a variety of things at you in the running game, and that's something that Wake Forest definitely hasn't seen so far this year. Other trivia question, Mike. When's the last time Wake Forest scored more than 20 points in a game? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know, actually. That would Happen? be week three. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go, week three. So it's been a while. Yeah, it's they scored 20 against Appalachian State, 19 against Florida State, and 14 against Clemson. Um and Georgia Lean on that defense. Yeah, Georgia Tech's defense is not a slouch. Um, they, they'll, you know, they'll they'll get some work done there. You know, Wake will score at some point, but I don't know. I don't know what to think of that game. Um, I, I'm a little tempted to take the over. Uh, the total is 47 and a half, which seems a little low. Um, but at the same time, you know, Wake's defense is really good, and Georgia Tech's defense seems like it's going to have an easier time against Wake's offense. So. You know, maybe it is a lower scoring game and it, it comes down to a couple possessions here or there. We'll have to see. Moving on, 3.30 on ESPN, uh, the Syracuse Orange are America's team of the week as they take on the number eight Miami Hurricanes. Uh, the Hurricanes, a 13.5 point favorite uh, at home, trying to uh, keep the momentum going after wins against Florida State and Georgia Tech the last couple of weeks. They take on the Orange, who are coming off of a big old win over none other than the reigning national champion uh, Clemson Tigers. 
I, I question whether this will translate and they'll get another another big win here. Um, 13 and a half is a lot of points. Uh, I, I was a little more tempted, honestly, to take the points with Syracuse when it got outside of 14. Uh, I think I saw a spread earlier today that was 15 or 15 and a half. 13 and a half is a little less enticing to me. I'm, I'm just curious to see what we're going to get from this game at all. Um, Miami's secondary is feeling the effects of some injuries. They're still a little beat up that, that Syracuse might be able to cause some issues in the passing game. Um, meanwhile, Miami's rushing attack might have a whole bunch of success against Syracuse. Um, so time's, time's going to have to tell how this turns out, Mike. Um, who, who do, you, do you feel like this is a bad matchup for Miami right now, or you think they're in a pretty good spot? Uh, well, Syracuse does one thing well. They throw the football extremely extremely well uh, Miami's got a top 30 passing defense so I think they match up relatively well there uh, to your point Syracuse's rushing defense sucks they're so bad uh, they can't stop a nosebleed Travis Homer is coming off of a 170 yard effort against Georgia Tech uh, but you know Miami's missing their starting right guard so you know who knows what happens there that's a big wild card Joey as you know um, it's not like yeah. they didn't have him a week ago. Uh, it's not like right guards are just waiting around ready to play at any point, you know. Yeah, right, exactly. In all seriousness, though, um, I like Miami here. Uh, I, they can't afford a letdown, right? I mean, they've they've screwed around with essentially every team they've played so far, except for Duke. That was the one game they kind of dominated start to finish, and even then Duke was, like, trying to hang around in the second half. Uh, but that was the one game Miami played really a complete game start to finish. Um, a lot of Miami fans are, you know, talking about the Hurricanes putting it together for all four quarters. Really, they've only done that against Duke. They've had a couple of pretty convincing wins against Toledo, against Bethune-Cookman, who you should beat by a thousand. But those games had, you know, they they started slow. The Hurricanes did, so you know they need to get off to a fast start in this football game and really put Syracuse away early. Um, I think the one thing that's to Miami's benefit is they are playing this game at home and they're not going to the Carrier Dome, which always gets a little weird. Ask Clemson, ask Virginia Tech (laughs) from 2016. Stuff always gets weird when you go up to the Carrier Dome. Um, I like Miami in this game. Uh, I agree, like, 13.5, 14 points. It's like if it gets outside of two touchdowns, I think I'm probably taking Syracuse in the points there uh, because that's that's a situation where, you know... with that passing offense, I, you have to like Syracuse's ability to stick around. Um, I do anyway. I don't trust Miami enough yet to come off of a big win and then play a full four quarters of football the following week. Syracuse is one of those teams that can get you. I think Miami will be ready to play because of that, but I also think Syracuse is not going to lie down here in this one. Miami's home field advantage doesn't really mean anything to me at all because they got like 12 fans that go to their games usually in that stadium. But because they're not playing in the Carrier Dome, I think that it does play into their hand a little bit. And because of that, I like Miami to win. I like them to cover barely, like real close. I think it'll be like the 14 to 17 point range is where Miami will end up winning this football game. They're just better. They're, they're better on offense and they're better on defense, and I think they win this thing. But I think Syracuse hangs around early and makes it competitive. I'd be very surprised if Syracuse got blown out in this game. I think I agree. Um, yeah, Syracuse without the home field advantage, I think, is going to really struggle to pull off any sort of upset along those lines. Um, I, 
I think outside of two touchdowns, I would start really considering taking the points for the sake of like a backdoor cover type of scenario. Um, Syracuse is the type of team that could get down by four touchdowns. Miami throws it into cruise control and they'll come back and score a couple in garbage time to make it look a little more respectable and, and uh, cover a spread. So outside of 14, I think I like Syracuse, but for now, let's say Miami covers. Um, I also really like over 58 in this game. Um, I don't think Miami's going to have a whole lot of trouble scoring. I think their defense might have a couple of mental lapses here or there that let Syracuse get a couple of touchdowns in. Um, I, I think this is a bit of a barn burner of a game, especially as we look at you know this season in the ACC where point totals have been a little bit down from what they were a year ago. I certainly like the over here as well. Um, I think that's probably a good call because I do agree. I think that this will be a game that you know there will be there will be a ton of points scored, and um, I definitely like the over here. Moving on, Mike. Three thirty on ESPN two. The North Carolina Tar Heels on the road in Blacksburg against your number fourteen Virginia Tech Hokies. The Hokies a twenty-two point favorite here. That is a huge line, and yet I don't know that we can really blame anybody for that uh, outside of just North Carolina, who's just not very good. Um, North Carolina continues to have problems on both sides of the ball. There's just not a whole lot to like about what they've done so far. They are still seeking out their first conference win. Virginia Tech is not the kind of team that you can just totally uh, assume is going to take care of business at every point that they're supposed to, but at the same time, um, th- there's no look-ahead spot here. Virginia Tech gets Duke next week, which shouldn't really be a, a big intimidating spot for them. I think that they're going to be able to take care of business here. 22 does not scare me, although I don't know how much further they go beyond beyond that 22-point line. Yeah, I like the Hokies here. Um, not a ton to say about this football game because North Carolina's been so bad. They're so beat up. Uh, I think North Carolina will come out and have a concerted effort. I mean, I think I do think they'll play well. What I think what may end up happening here, though, is the Hokies are coming off a bye week. They haven't put it together for four quarters really all season, um, much like we just talked about with Miami. It's a similar situation. Um, I think the Hokies win this game. I do think they cover. North Carolina is just not a very good football team right now. They got a, uh, in all likelihood, Chasterat will play on Saturday. He's a freshman going into Lane Stadium. Uh, good luck against Virginia Tech's defense, which is playing as well as it has all year. They're coming off of a strong effort against Boston College. They held their own against Clemson. They've been very solid all year. So I like Virginia Tech to win this thing and cover. I agree with you. I'm not sure how far outside of 22 it'll get, but I think it'll be right in that range. But I like Virginia Tech to pull away late and uh, really make this a non-competitive game in the fourth quarter. I am a little wary of it. Um, Virginia Tech's defense, their only downside has been their uh, propensity to give up big plays at times. Um, they currently rank 98th in the country in isolated points per play on the uh, S&P Plus analytics system, which basically tells you that uh, if, if they give up successful plays, which they don't do a whole lot, when they do, they go for a, uh, quite a bit. You know, they're, they're giving up big, big plays when they do. So um, I, I think with North Carolina's offense and their ability to create those big plays, I think that could cause some issues in covering 22. Again, I would really like this a lot more inside of 21. But um, at 22, I, I think I still roll with the Hokies, maybe not by a whole lot more than that, you know, like a 24, 27-point win here. But Virginia Tech coming off a of bye week, Chaz Surratt, freshman, you know, coming back and, and going into Lane Stadium. They haven't been all that effective on offense anyways this year. I think I'm going to roll with the Hokies to cover as well. You know, just say that they cover 22 and, and 
run away with this thing a little bit. Let's go Virginia Tech, uh, 45 to, you know, 20, maybe something like that. Um, yeah, it sounds good. Right in that range. And, and I think this thing might go way over the 50 and a half point total. Um, that, that seems really low for this game. So I think, I think we're looking at some overs in the uh, ACC this weekend, Mike. A lot of overs, a lot of offense, that's for sure. Let's talk about a game that's not going to have as much offense. Uh, the Boston College Eagles. <laughs> that's putting it likely. Lightly, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, 12.30 on the ACC Network. Boston College on the road in Charlottesville against Virginia. The Cavaliers are a 7.5-point home favorite. Uh, getting used to being favorites now in, in conference play is Virginia, and that just continues to sound weird as I say it. I don't know where that's coming from, but um, – the Cavs, again, coming off another good win against North Carolina. Uh, good is relative. They're 5-1, they're and one, looking to get bowl eligible, and it's not even Halloween weekend yet, Mike. So that's, you know, a, a certain thing that's going on in the ACC right now. Um, seven and a half feels like a lot for what could be like a defensive struggle in this game. Um, Virginia's offense has largely been predicated on the run game. Boston College's defense is also largely predicated on the run game. So I, I'm curious to see how much separation the Cavs are going to get. Um, but at the same time, Boston College's offense has just been a tire fire, Mike. It has been horrendous, except for when they played Louisville and scored 45 last week. So I, I don't really know what's going to happen in this game. Seven and a half is kind of a weird line here. Um, I don't know. Cavs covering uh, seven and a half at home, you think? Oh, man. This would have been a no-brainer for me if Boston College didn't just score 45 last week against Louisville. God, that complicates things. Uh, now, in all likelihood, they regress back to the mean and they can't get the ball past the 50 until, like, middle of the third quarter. Because <laughs> that's, like, what I'm used to seeing out of Boston College and their offense. Um, man, this is hard. Um BC's run defense has been very up and down this year, I think is a good way to put it. Um, they had efforts like last week where Lamar Jackson ran all over them, efforts like the Notre Dame game when the Irish went over 500 yards rushing. But then they've had solid efforts as well against lesser opponents. Uh, I worry about BC's run defense a little bit here because Virginia's best offense has been running the ball with Jordan Ellis, and he continues to get confidence gaining each and every week um he's been really really solid for them uh so that's the one thing i kind of worry about with bc um virginia's defense has been really solid as well they've been low-key one of the better units in the conference so far and it's kind of hard to imagine because it is uva but outside of micah kaiser and quinn blanding they do have a lot of guys that are making plays outside of those two players which i don't think you and i expected heading into the year uh, I like Virginia to win at home. I think it'll be an ugly game. I think I'll take BC to cover the 7.5 just because of what I saw last week, which I know isn't a good way to bet, but that's just what I'm going to go off of. I'm not. I'm confident Virginia is going to win the game, but I think it could be by less than 7. Um, it's going to be hard for me to see BC winning the football game because I just think Virginia is better on both sides of the ball. At least they've proven that through the first month and a half. So... I'll take the Cavaliers. I'm not going to take them to cover. I don't trust them to cover here. If BC scores 45 points, I'll tell you what, they're winning the football game because I don't think Virginia is scoring 45 points. So let's just leave it at that. I'm trying to read the, the tea leaves here, Mike. Looking at Virginia's results versus you know how these teams compare, like you said, 
a week ago in, on the road at North Carolina, they win by six. So they did not win by seven and a half in a, in a bit of a low-scoring affair. They're playing a team that's slightly worse at home this week. I think that translates. I think Virginia's going to keep having the success. I don't know why I'm going to trust them here. I've, I'm starting to develop trust in UVA, and that's kind of scaring me at this point, Mike. Um, Kurt Benkert has had some good games things I wasn't really planning on saying at some point this season, but, you know, he's been pretty good lately. Um, Virginia just kind of continues to be the surprise of the ACC. Um, Boston College, I think, is going to continue to struggle in the ACC, uh, aside from the win over Louisville, which I'm just going to always keep throwing in there as, like, a disclaimer. Give me Virginia to cover here. I think Virginia gets it done, wins by, like, 10. Um, Give me, like, 27-17, something like that. Relatively low scoring. Um, I can see it. And I think that, you know, that comes in kind of close to the total of 48 and a half. That might be a little high. Might lean under there, but, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, give me Virginia to cover seven and a half. You'll take Boston College and the points. Um, but overall, we both think the Cavs get it done and uh, and win this game. So Bowl eligibility. Bowl eligibility. Wow. Let that sink in for a second. I was going to say, let it sink in. Your Virginia Cavaliers bowl eligible. And it's October. Man. Even more surprising. We talk about this being a throwback to that crazy, wild 2007 season. It's kind of a sure sign when uh, when Virginia's bowl eligible in, in October. So keep going, Cavs. Get it done. Last game, Mike. Pitt on the road in Durham, North Carolina against the Duke Blue Devils. Oh, good God. Do we have to talk about this? Oh, Yes. <laughs> Give me some of that Ben DiNucci versus Daniel Jones dueling in the Coastal Division. Uh, Duke an eight-point favorite at 1220 on the ACC Network. Um, really, first of all, I should point out, we're not totally sure how much of Ben DiNucci we're going to see in this game as compared to how much Kenny Pickett we're going to see in this game. I think if you're a Pitt fan, you probably prefer to see Ben DiNucci, if only because he's just been better, but at the same time, he's... Maybe or maybe not the future, whereas Kenny Pickett is maybe the future. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to find good things to say about this Pitt team, and I'm really struggling and kind of continue to struggle. Look for a big day on the ground from Jordan Whitehead in this game. Um, I, you know, Dukes struggled in the last few games. They've lost three in a row. Now, they've played teams much, much better than Pittsburgh. Miami, Virginia, and Florida State, one of these things is not like the other. Gosh, Mike, I don't even know what to say about this game. Um, I don't think Duke covers eight. I I am going to do the irresponsible thing here, and I'm going to take the points with Pitt. I think there's it's not totally out of question that Pitt just wins this game outright. Um, this could also be a ridiculously short game um, with just you know both teams trying to sit on the ball and play like seven drives apiece. That's that's in the realm of possibility, but. Yeah, I think give me Pitt to cover eight, um, but I think Duke wins outright. Give me Pitt like 24-20 and a little bit of a squeaker, but I don't think Duke is going to run away with this one by any means. I like Duke to win. I like Pitt to cover. Pitt kept it close against Virginia last week uh, somehow, some way. Uh, Pittsburgh still can't run the ball, which is – Kind of a problem. That depends on who you're talking about, because Jordan Whitehead can run the ball. Well, as far as uh, Pat Narduzzi is concerned, they still can't run the football. 
uh, at least by his standards, until a running back is running the ball. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is an offense that is very bad and mm-hmm. very ugly. Slightly better than Pittsburgh. Uh, slightly better than Pittsburgh. Slightly better than BC's offense, uh, but not by much. And that's kind of where we're at here. Uh, do I trust Duke? Hell no, I don't trust Duke. They're not any good either. But Daniel Jones is good. Uh, well, I don't even know if he's good. He's okay. He's been okay. The Daniel Jones for Heisman hype train at this point is up on cinder blocks, and the wheels have been stolen and p- taken to a pawn shop. It is a and they mess. Will never be, and they will never be heard from again. They will never be found. Uh, Hope you had insurance, Duke. Yeah, good God. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Cutcliffe's considering retirement at this point. He's like, well, <laughs> shit. I mean, Daniel Jones isn't any good now. What am I going to do? Uh, I don't know. Daniel Jones is the better quarterback. Duke has a better defense, I think. God, this is going to be so ugly. This is going to be so ugly. But I say that, but then I think about it a little bit more, and it'll low-key be one of the most entertaining games of the entire weekend because that's just how this thing works. So give me Duke to win, Pitt to cover, and I'll just go with that. And then... Whatever happens, happens. Who cares? We'll figure it out later. We'll figure it out later. Welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. Well, honest, honestly, though, like we just went through a slate of games this past weekend where you and I are sitting there. We're like, wait, so what do we actually know about these teams? Like Clemson just lost to Syracuse. Like Georgia Tech had Miami down the entire game. Miami pulls it out. Virginia wins their fifth game. You know... BC beats Louisville like what are we doing here you know that's kind of where we're at right now so I'm just going to take Pitt to cover and then we'll figure it out later there's definitely some soul searching going on around the ACC right now trying to figure out who is good and who is not because it is a little bit of a touch and go like week by week thing with some of these teams Um, and that's not something you really expect to be saying talking about week eight um, but Seven games into the season, we've seen some pretty wide variance, A, just on a week-to-week basis from some of these teams. I mean, Duke started the season 4-0 and and were just, you know, looking really sharp. And then the last three games, they've looked pretty terrible, and they've lost all three. So, like, which Duke is the real Duke? I don't really know. Um, Pitt has to have some sort of sign of life at some point, right? Um, you know, Virginia's 5-1, and one, about to be bowl eligible. Like, what the hell's up with that? I don't know. So... Just a lot of, of weird uh, weird things are amiss here. As I said, Mike, weird things are amiss in the Coastal Division and really just in the ACC at large, so we'll have to see. Mike, we got to talk about an ACC pick of the week here uh, for Week 8. You are currently 7-1 and one in picks of the week. I'm 2-6. and six. However, worth noting that I, I went back and looked at all of our picks so far this season and all of these ACC games – and currently, as it stands, my math is wrong because I'm currently showing one more pick than you are. But in any case, you're at 32-20-1 against the spread. I'm at 29-24-1 against the spread. So, really, we're pretty close in terms of picking who's going to cover and who's not. The problem is I'm picking the wrong games to make my pick of the week. Uh, I've lost 24 games against the spread, and six of them have been picks of the week. So, that's... An error in judgment on my part, but again, that's all been a lot against uh, picking on Clemson and Florida State in games that they have not covered on. So, uh, Mike, I picked first last week. It is your turn to pick first, and I want to know who is your Week 8 ACC Pick of the Week. I cannot believe I'm about to do this. 
Oh, yes. Do it, Mike. Do it. I can't believe I'm about to do this. Miami minus 13 and a half against Syracuse. Ooh. I, I, I hope you're going for the uh, the kiss of death here, like like the reverse jinx kind of thing. Let's just say it won't be the worst bet I've ever lost. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like betting against America's team of the week is not not always the best strategy. But do what you have to do, Mike. Do what you have to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> part of the reason I did that is because I don't really like any of these lines, to be quite honest with you. I like the over-unders a lot better than I like the scoring lines. Well, hell, that's where I'm going with mine. Um let me look real quick. I'm going to make sure that this line is right because it almost looks wrong. Yeah, we're currently showing 51.5 uh, for Virginia Tech and North Carolina. I'm going to take the over there. Um, I, I think that Virginia Tech, first of all, is going to have a, a field day on offense against North Carolina's just c- constantly getting worse defense, uh, degrading defense. That was the word I was looking for. And, and I think that North Carolina is also going to be in a, in a position to get some garbage time points. So, I think I'm going to go over in that game. And I think it might go comfortably over. I think my pick there was 45-20 Virginia Tech. Um, that would be 65 points, which is well over. That's a couple of touchdowns past the line. So, give me the over. Let's go over 50 and a half uh, or 51 and a half even. In, That's not uh, a bad pick there. Yeah, in that game. I, I think that, that that game should get a lot higher scoring than that. So, when... Virginia Tech wins like a 17 to 10 slog of a game, and, and we're talking about me being two and seven in picks of the week. You know, I'll, I'll know why. But in any case, um, we'll try to tr- turn the luck by picking against a total instead of a spread here. So we'll see. Fair enough. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Mike, is there anything else we got to cover before we get out of here and go check out some week eight games? Uh, yeah. While we were on this podcast, I just bought myself some Syracuse gear. My man. America's team of the week. Got to support them. Um, yep. So we're, we're embracing the haters, and, you know, hopefully Miami fans will still actually come to us for, you know, our objective takes on their team. I We poked a lot of fun, you know, at them, with them, whatever, this entire podcast. I mean, they're pretty good, but, you know, I'll still bring the heat. Yeah. I, I mean, what's the fun if you don't? That's right. I, hey, nobody's safe. I mean, I'll make fun of my school anytime. Like, <laughs> nobody's safe, guys. You know? Hey, let's Miami just make fans, that clear. Miami fans, if you mad, and I know that you are, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. We need emails. Also, the DMs are open on Facebook, facebook.com slash basketballconference. I'm just ruining all of our plugs here for the end. But the point is, if y'all are mad about what we're saying, drop us a line. Let's, let's, let's argue it out, hug it out, do whatever we got to do. Hell, Come you know us. what? Come on, come on the damn podcast. Like... I'm all about it. We'll bring fans on. We'll bring, you know, we'll bring Cam on anytime. But, like, we'll bring anybody on. Like, just come on, talk to us about it. Like, we don't care. We're all about it. Call up that Basketball Conference Podcast hotline, which is surely a thing. We'll go. Well, sure. Well, we'll make one soon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, Mike, I think that's it. Is that it? That's it for now. Uh, Enjoy the game this weekend, buddy. Yeah, you too. This, This has been efficient. Only forty minutes We're- has been efficient. It, you know what? These games have these games are ugly this weekend from a scheduling standpoint. So hopefully they'll live up to the hype that was the games that were last weekend. Because I said that really poorly, but the games last weekend were really bad, like on paper, and then they turned out being fantastic. Maybe we'll get the same thing this weekend. 
Yeah, I was going to say, the, the weekends that look really bad are the weekends that you find yourself in the movies at 9 o'clock on a Friday with your phone blowing up about Clemson losing to Syracuse. Like, so, hey, hey, is this going to happen? Hey. Yeah, so, however, all the games this week are on Saturday, so it can only get so weird, right? Well. That's right. Well, hey, I mean, enjoy Atlanta. I'll be down in Blacksburg for Tech UNC, so Ooh. we'll see how the Hokies play in that one. Another trip down to the Berg for me. We'll start cheering for some points in that game so I can uh, get back on the right track and picks of the week. That'll be fun. But, yeah, I'll, I'll be in Atlanta for homecoming. Uh, I didn't get to make it to homecoming last week uh, or last year. We, um, we, were, we were in Atlanta, but I was not able to make homecoming festivities. We were instead a little bit outside of Atlanta at a wedding. Um, it was like about a little over an hour away, so it was a little tempting, but I, I didn't quite make it. So you'll be good to be back this year, see some people I haven't seen in a while, You know, make it back to another game. Uh, it'll be my second home game of the year, so uh, – Go Jackets, let's get right. Keep me in my happy place, please. Yeah, you need to go back to your happy place, you know. You're kind of there now. I, you know, you're in a lot better shape than you were the other night, so that's good. That's encouraging. So my podcast partner is, for lack of a better term, back in the saddle, sort of. <laughs> so we're getting to that point. So hopefully the Jackets play well this weekend for you, and hopefully the Hokies don't find a way to blow it against UNC. I, I've seen them lose a lot of games that they shouldn't, so I'm a little bit nervous, but hopefully that's – quelled a bit once I get in the stadium and they're playing you know who knows coming off a bye they can't they can't lose this game Mike right like they surely surely they'll win here I think I do I mean I I do think they'll win I do think they'll win but now next week the game before the Miami game I believe is against Duke and that's the one that might get a little weird so keep your eye on that one Look ahead spot. Yes. Anyways, uh, Mike, we already plugged Facebook and the email account. They can find us on Twitter. I'm at FGRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel ACC. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Do we have anything else we got to plug? Oh, we're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Overcast app, not Spotify, not Stitcher, and maybe in other places or maybe not. I don't know. You guys have to tell us. Yeah, I think we're good. Facebook.com slash basketball conference. We already plugged it. I'll plug it again. Uh, yeah, get on there. Keep liking our page if you haven't already. Uh, I know a lot of you listen and don't necessarily like or review or any of that stuff. I mean, that's cool. Do do whatever you want. We're just glad you're listening. But if you do have a moment, go on the page and give us a review. Go on to iTunes, give us a review. I promise it takes like 30 seconds. If you like our podcast, rate us five stars. It's a big help to us as well. If you don't like it, you know, rate us three stars. Don't rate us one star. That does us no good. Even you, Miami fans, that we just <laughs> destroyed this entire podcast. Uh, yeah, give us some reviews if you have some time. Big help to us. So, you know, other than us not liking your team, like, give us a tangible review. That would be huge. Objective, objective reviews. That's what we appreciate. And we're looking for objective analysis, even though Miami fans don't always think we bring it. We do look to do that more often <laughs> than not. Tonight was a little bit of an exception. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Mike, this has been fun. You want to come back and uh, recap these games when they're done? Yeah, let's do it. Enjoy Blacksburg. I'll enjoy Atlanta. We'll talk later. Yep, sounds good, man. See you. All right. For Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you again soon, and until then, go ACC. Go ACC.